golden, you're so golden. What you got, you're the golden child. I see forever between you and me, forever between us. Hello, and welcome back to the Black in Real Life podcast. This is season two, and it's your girl, Anuli Akanebu. It has been a year since I released season one of this podcast, and so much has happened since then. So much so that I wanted to dedicate this episode to briefly sharing with you what I've been up to since I was last in your podcast feeds. This episode will be short, but I promise you, the news will be sweet. And while I usually script my introductions, I wanted this episode to truly be from the top of the dome and from the bottom of my heart. So I'm just going to go ahead and talk to you beautiful people. One of the best things I did since starting this podcast was making the decision very early on to register the name Black in Real Life, that's spelled B-L-K-I-R-L, as a registered trademark. I'm somebody that in undergrad, my major was actually communications and culture with a specialization in legal communications. They no longer have that major at Howard anymore, but I was glad to be one of the last classes of people to take it. Back then, I wanted to be an intellectual property lawyer. So I knew that when I started my own creative projects like Black in Real Life, that I wanted to have ownership of it in every sense of the word. And for me, the name was so important. So from day one, before I even released the podcast episode, I knew that this was a project that I wanted to invest myself in. Up until this point, Black in Real Life has been a fully self-funded venture. And one of the things that I self-funded was retaining a lawyer to register Black in Real Life as a official trademark. And that took me a year to do. Since last September, to I believe it was this June or July is how long the process took. I finally got approved this summer to be the sole owner of Black and Real Life. So if you see anybody using B-L-K-R-L, send them to me so I can send my lawyers back to them because that is my official trademark. Ask the USPTO. Hmm. So that's one of the things that I did for myself that I did for this project. And to me, it really shows how serious I am about building Black in Real Life um, as a podcast, as a media venture, as whatever I want it to be, but for the purposes of educational materials that uplift the Black community. So that's one thing I did in the past year, a very big step For me personally, emotionally, financially, all of the things. In the past year, I've also had the honor of teaching podcasting one-on-one workshops. I've done multiple workshops for multiple organizations, such as New York Digital Humanities Week and the University of Chicago, teaching people how to start their own podcast. So creating Black in Real Life Um, season one was really a venture of love for me and I am self-taught. I remember taking some audio production classes or like units when I was a student at Howard way back then because I was a broadcast news minor but actually producing my own podcast required a lot of research 
And I took what I learned from the experience and I now share that with other people through my podcast and one-on-one workshops. If you would like me to bring my podcast and one-on-one workshop to your organization, holla at your girl. Go to info at blkirl.com and we can talk about it. We can work it out. And no, these are not free workshops. Um, I do charge for these things because I do put a lot of time and effort into creating the experience and sharing my knowledge. But yes, if you have a budget, holla at your girl. So far, two things. I have registered the trademark and I started doing podcasting 101 workshops. That's on the black and real life side of things. When I started this project, I started it to be kind of what I consider to be a pre-field work for my dissertation project. So as you may know, if you listen to season one, I am currently a PhD student in anthropology at New York University. Um, Right now, I'm in the third year of the PhD program, which means I am wrapping up with my coursework. It means that I am working on passing, yes, manifesting, passing all of my qualifying exams, and that by the end of the school year, by God's grace, I will be what they call ABD, all but dissertation. So I would have transitioned from a PhD student to a PhD candidate. I think that's a very important distinction when you meet someone that's a PhD student. Don't call them a candidate until they have met those requirements. They're very particular about these labels in academia. So I'm currently a PhD student trying to be a PhD candidate in 2022 and then go off to my field work and do my actual research. When I entered the PhD program, I came in wanted to study the anthropology of work through Black content creators in Los Angeles. Because when you thought about, or when a lot of people, including myself thought about social media, influencer marketing, which, you know, season one covered what influencer marketing is and just gave you an introduction to that. Um, When I thought about influencer marketing, it was really LA. You know, if you had to connect to a place, it was like, oh, all these things are happening in LA. But for me, the past year was very profound. We had COVID and quarantine, which gave me a lot of time to think. Then we also, on top of that, had the additional pandemic of, you know, they're killing Black people. The Just the disregard for Black lives, Black bodies, Black people we saw last year. And that really got me thinking about, you know, what I wanted my work to be how I wanted to position myself as a scholar, practitioner. And for me, a project in LA would have been about how Black people navigate white spaces. And at this point, to be very candid with you, I could care less about the white gaze. That's that's just, I can't think of any eloquent way to put it other than that. So for me, I really wanted my project and my work to be about the ways that Black people are creating spaces for themselves. I wanted to look more about uh, Black joy, Black creativity, and not just the ways that systems continue to oppress us, which will always come up in the work because it always comes up in our lives. But that is not the focus of my efforts. My focus is to figure out or to explore the ways that Black people are you know, being creative and showcasing their skills and their talents and creating these spaces for themselves. And that really brought Atlanta to the foreground for me. 
I have moved my field site from Los Angeles to Atlanta. And this season of the podcast, you'll learn more about what's going on in Atlanta, why I'm interested in Atlanta, and you'll get to actually follow me as I experience Atlanta, Georgia for myself. I haven't been since 2011 when I was an undergrad. So it's now 2021, 2021, and it's 10 years since I've last been to the state of Georgia. So you get to follow me this year as I learn more about it. Atlanta to me, and this is a question I get a lot now, why Atlanta? Well, Atlanta to me, if you think about social media and just the influence of Black people, if we could locate that in a physical place, to me, it would be Atlanta. It would be through the music industry's impact on popular culture. You're already seeing just how many creators come out of Atlanta. I'm just going to name a few names. Soulja Boy. You ask me, it's a hill I'm dying on. He's one of the best digital marketers out there. And Little Nas X is a part of his legacy. Those are two people from Atlanta right there. Need I say more? You want to talk about platform-specific? Jalila Harmon, the creator of the Renegade Dance, she is from right outside of Atlanta. There's so many people, so many creators in this city. And right now, if we think about Atlanta as a place for urban studies, you will see that there, this is the time, this is the time to study Atlanta. I mean, there's, it's always been a time, but right now is a particular interesting moment. Atlanta Braves just won the 2021 World Series. Atlanta has a long legacy of Black leadership. Right now, there's currently a runoff in the mayoral, the mayoral race between two Black candidates. You're seeing all of the things going on with the governor of Georgia and a lot of restrictive laws, but the state also turned blue in the past year. If you look at Billboard's top 100 list currently, and I can say that from any week in the past year, you're going to see multiple artists from Atlanta on that list, like Little Nas X is taking over, Young Thug, Summer Walker, like there's a lot in the city, there's a lot in the state. So that is why Georgia is on my mind. Black people are really making an impact and showing their influence, not over just the Southern region through Atlanta, but also the country and the world. So that's a very general um, perspective as to my interest in Atlanta, Georgia, and we'll get into specifics across the season or throughout the season. So that's another big change um, to my life in the past year. Uh, if all goes well and I'm a PhD candidate and I start my field work, that field site will be Atlanta, Georgia. So I will pack up my life and move from Brooklyn, New York to Atlanta, Georgia within the next year. Uh, the last thing I would like to share with you all is that Black in Real Life has been a fully self-funded venture until this point. And I am so excited that this season was partially supported by a grant 
from the Society for Visual Anthropology. And that grant allowed me to travel to Atlanta for a week over the summer to produce this season. I got to make connections with local Atlantans and um, institutions, as well as just see and experience it for myself. So not my official dissertation research. Again, I call this pre-field work, but it was really pivotal to my research and my way of perceiving the city and approaching what I hope to do in the city next year when I move there. So thank you, thank you to the SBA for your generous support of my work, um, the podcast and my scholarship. That allowed me to create a lot of multimedia extensions for season two, which I will be rolling out very soon. So you're not just going to hear a podcast. You're going to be able to go to the Black and Real Life website at www.blkirl.com, blackandreallife.com, and experience what I experienced in Atlanta through multiple mediums. And I'm so excited that I was able to create these things and these products for you, these assets, whatever you want to call it, content. We're going beyond audio this season. You're going to get visual. You're going to get an experience. As much as I'm able to share what I um, experienced, you will experience as well. I do want to end with a a bit of a disclaimer, right? And I think this is important, especially coming from the field of anthropology, where it's a very extractive field, right? They take from communities. That's the tradition, or that's how the field started, unfortunately, just extracting knowledge from communities and coming across as if it's a purely objective, scientific thing. And I want to be somebody that embodies and approaches anthropology through a lens of access and inclusiveness and collaboration. I am not the lone genius, the sole creator, even though I have my credits to tell you all the things I do and I do those things. Um, This podcast or any project I work on is nothing without the help of other people. Although I am a doctoral student studying the anthropology of work through Atlanta's creative economy, I do not claim to be an authority on all things Atlanta. In fact, I am indebted and grateful for the individual Atlantans that took the time to help me and talk to me, as well as the institutions that opened their doors to me. I am also grateful for the researchers, the writers, the creators whose work has informed my own, which I hope will be evidenced by my citational practices throughout the season. This account of Atlanta and everything you will experience both sonically and visually from season two of the Black and Real Life podcast showcases what I was able to experience during one week in Atlanta over the summer of 2021 and understandings of the city that I have gained from additional research over the past uh, few months since. 
It represents Atlanta as I explored it then and as I continue to learn about it now. It is nowhere near a complete story, nor should any account of the city claim to be. It's additive and subjective. It's not comprehensive or objective. So I wanted to leave you with that because what you're really going to experience from the Black and Real Life podcast is what I experienced. It's going to be from the lens through which I saw the city as a little bit of a tourist, a, a newbie, a scholar, a researcher. It's going to be through that lens. And I'm still learning about the city and I'm grateful to everyone and everything that I encountered while I was there. And I just can't wait to learn more. And I'm continuing to learn more even after I have left. So that is the end of my monologue. Thank you so much for your support of Black in Real Life. I'm very excited for you to listen to the full episodes in season two, as well as experience the multimedia outputs that I'm creating and will be rolling out for season two. And until then, definitely listen to season one so you can learn more about what influencer marketing is and just a bit about the creative economy as a foundation. This season is going to focus more about Atlanta as a physical place and that's because the intervention of my research, actually, or one of the interventions, is that I believe that when we study the digital, we also have to consider the ways that the physical informs that. So the digital world is not fake and the physical world is not real. I say that they are both real worlds that we, as individual people, navigate simultaneously on a daily basis. Things that happen online are real and they do have material impacts in the physical world. You know, even though someone is a digital content creator, that money that they're making is real money, okay? You're using it to buy real things, to live a real life. So to me, I don't like to use the word fake to fully describe um, things that happen online because people can be fake offline too. So... It's all real just to varying degrees. And the things that we see online are happening by people who live and exist also in physical places. So for me to study Atlanta and its content creators and its creative economy, I really have to learn about the city itself. And that is what you're going to follow me as I do in season two of the Black and Real Life podcast. So to quote a famous Georgian and to close it out, I'm going to make a do with a do, baby. That's Ray Charles for you. Thank you so much for your support. You have just listened to a production of the Black and Real Life podcast. The Black and Real Life podcast is developed, produced, edited, and hosted by Anuli Akinabu. The music was graciously provided by Garth, whose single Wild can be streamed anywhere you can find music. The intro music for this season includes an instrumental remix of Welcome to Atlanta by Jermaine Dupree featuring Ludacris. Thank you for listening, and remember, the people you follow online are also Black in real life.